You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. It's quite common in most TV shows that the writers sit down and think to themselves one day, what if these characters celebrated a holiday? Well, today on Systematic Geekology, we're going to ask the question, what if they celebrated Easter in the Shire? Welcome back, everybody, to Systematic Geekology. I'm one of your hosts for today's episode, Brandon Knight. I am a seminary student. And uh, Josh, I'm actually kind of happy that you're hosting with me because I feel like if Joe was here and I told him what I've been geeking out on lately, he would totally judge me. So I'm <laughs> I'm really anticipating a, a, a text from him when this episode comes out because lately... Uh, I'm a big fan of Billie Eilish. I like her music. And I hmm. watched on Disney Plus, they have Happier Than Ever, a love letter to Los Angeles, and also a making of special as well. She plays the entire Happier Than Ever uh, soundtrack at the Hollywood Bowl with the Los Angeles Philharmonic and the Children's Choir. It's really good. I feel like she was liked better by our group before she was made mainstream, which tells me a lot about our group, <laughs> not specifically systematic ecology, just like the kinds of people that hang out with geeks. Okay. Um, My favorite Billie Eilish song is ocean eyes, which is the least Billie Eilish, Billie Eilish song. <laughs> there's a, yeah, that whole album though. There's a lot of, I think everybody knows her for bad guy. And yeah. that's actually an outlier really compared to what her music typically is. Yeah, I we will not go on this tangent, <laughs> we will but not. I could. Um, I'm Joshua Knoll. I'm a fourth year biblical study student about to graduate who's super stressed out at North Greenville University. And and what I've been geeking out on, uh, Joe and Brandon will be proud of me. I have decided that this month I'm going to find DC comics that I like. I, I'm. Not going to cross the bridge and become a DC guy, but I'm going to find some that I enjoy. If you want to hear more about it, you should probably head over to Patreon where we do a monthly comic book catch up and talk about what we've been reading. I will be talking about it the next time I'm on that. Josh, what else can people find on Patreon.com <laughs> slash Systematic Ecology? Oh, I set them up for that. Um, we do, I, I think it's a bi-weekly D&D campaign that uh, TJ, one of our other hosts, runs as the Dungeon Master. And then we also have just kind of a bonus episode each month that doesn't necessarily fit anything. It's just a bonus. A lot of them have been related to our uh, study this year on... Study. Wrong show. Our series this year on C.S. Lewis. We've done a lot of bonus C.S. Lewis episodes, yes. and I believe this month... And by believe, I mean, I am on an episode with Joe. We're going to be reviewing the Disney Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe film. So that nice. will be available to Patreons nice. this month. Yeah, yeah. We, we get a We get it a little bit easier this year where it's all going to be C.S. Lewis. I don't know what that third bonus is going to be next year. But I do know that if you're subscribed for like as little as a dollar a month, you could probably find out come next year. It's that easy. Well, yeah. hey, let's dive into today's topic. Again, we're going to be talking about what if they celebrated Easter in the Shire. And we got the two Lord of the Rings guys together to talk okay. about this. I 
think we have every time the show has talked about Lord of the Rings, it's, it's been us too, hasn't it's it? It's been us. It's been <laughs> perfect. us. Perfect. Perfect. So, so I want you, I'm going to kick off to you because I have a lot to say and I've already talked quite a bit. So I'm going <laughs> to kick off to you and say, before we even get, get to what it would look like, I want to know why. Why are we celebrating Easter in the Shire? Oh, man. So <laughs> I, I I started off when I was thinking about this. I was thinking, man, that's fun. And then my second thought was immediately, I mean, it would just be Easter, right? So I was like, this, this won't, we won't have hardly anything to talk about. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I, I will say, uh, if I had to guess why we're celebrating Easter, see, it, it's difficult. Jesus has not yet come around in Middle Earth. So they're not celebrating Easter the way that we know of it. But to quote the doctor, sometimes things are just timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly, you know? <laughs> yeah. So uh, at some point, I forget where exactly it is, but in one of the books, a character does mention in order for Morgoth to truly be defeated, Morgoth being the evil deity of Lord of the Rings lore, there would basically have to be one of Eru, who is the high god, who is, you know, god, who would come. And have to basically make the ultimate sacrifice to defeat him. So there seems to be, even though that was a passing line, that wasn't a major part of any of the stories or anything. Mm -hmm. There seems to still be an acknowledgement that that does need to happen. Okay. So much like uh, if we look at Judaism, there are a lot of holidays that aren't Easter. But are pretty darn close because all stories in some way, you know, to, to loosely reference C.S. Lewis will point back to the cross. We have the whole Passover. Yes. There is Passover. <laughs> um, I, I would argue Yom Kippur is also a big one that okay. kind of points to that. But that would be a whole discussion. It's that might whole... have to be on the whole church podcast. Yeah. So for you, why we're celebrating Easter in Middle Earth, or in the Shire specifically, there's some type of looking forward to what is to come type of an idea. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking that something was revealed. They realized this is Eru's plan, and they're celebrating that. You know, in fact, Eru does have a plan. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Why? Why? Why are they celebrating Easter? Okay, buckle up. <laughs> oh man. So, I'm going to say something that is not a popular opinion. That even among some of our hosts, this is not a typical opinion among hosts. So just remember that all of the views expressed on this show are various because there's a lot of us on here. Um, the Lord of the Rings is not about Jesus is not about the atomic bomb is not about the LGBTQ plus community is not about mental health, and it's definitely not about you trying to fulfill your wanderlust. You can read these books and watch these movies and get a glimpse of all of those, but ultimately, The Lord of the Rings is about the industrialization is evil and destroying us. That is what The Lord of the Rings is about. It is about industrialization, is destroying everything, and it is a bad thing. At the same time, coincidentally, I've been reading 
some of Tolkien's bestie, C.S. Lewis, uh, Abolition of Man and Men Without Chests. I was reading those lectures recently, which are all about how as a society, we have conquered nature and now we're trying to find something else to conquer. And the best we can come up with is ourselves. We are destroying ourselves through improper use of language and skewed ethics and morals. So we are just destroying ourselves left and right, whether it's a bad use of ethics and morals, improper use of language, or the continued industrialization and advancement in technology, which leads us to Christians having to decide what do we do with technology? Do we become Amish and we push all of the technology advances aside and label it all as evil? Do we Mm -hmm. embrace it all? Do we embrace it all? (laughs) Right. Do we embrace it all? And, you know, what does Tolkien know? He never had to use an iPhone. What does he know? Or do we try to exercise some form of proper stewardship? You know, and really, if you want a perspective on that, you should go back and listen to Pastor Will's interview with Josh, a different guy named Josh. I can't remember his last name, but he wrote a book on the theology of robots and AI. And it was a recent episode. You should go back and check it out. It was very interesting just for a perspective on that. All of that very long tangent to say, if they're celebrating Easter in the Shire Shire, circa when the events of the Lord of the Rings take place, it has nothing to do with Jesus. If anything, and I don't mean this derogatorily, it's a pagan celebration it's a celebration of the spring has come the rain season has come you know what i mean yeah i would i would do a yes and yes and. um okay a, a lot of confusion in my opinion comes up in this thing because there was a pagan holiday and we do pull some from that but a sure. lot of the stuff that because of that you have these people who take that idea too far and go, well, the eggs were also pagan and this was pagan and that was pagan. Sure. And well, the eggs were actually thought up by a, by a Lutheran guy. That wasn't a pagan thing. And, and you know, a lot of the stuff I'm like, listen, guys, do your research, you know, on, right. on both sides. It, there are pagan roots in it. There are also a lot of things that people think are pagan that were not, including mm-hmm. the bunny. I, don't, I just, well, I think the, yeah. the bunny was actually both. I think it was a pagan idea, and then they lost it, and then someone brought it up not related to that. There's a weird history little, behind the Easter bunny. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and I, I can speak to this. I've had people at church. We've all been there. You, you're listening to this. We've all been there. Of <laughs> It's Easter Sunday, and you say Happy Easter to someone at church, and what do they respond with? Happy Resurrection Sunday. Oh, right. I forgot. You're so much holier than I am. <laughs> My bad. But yeah, no. And and like I said, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I just what I'm trying to get at here is that either it would be like what you're saying of there is an understanding of there is something more to come or it's just merely a holiday to celebrate the change of the seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Part part of it's also uh, it's it's like Christmas. You know, you have those people who are upset that there's Xmas, which literally did not start because of PC stuff. It started because it was a way to shorten a long word. And people like that in marketing. Anyway, people do. So like then that people started at, at churches. They start doing that Christmas, you know, Merry Christmas. I don't know if you ever heard people do that. Oh yeah. It's like all yeah, caps. Yeah. Well, well my natural uh, response to that is, is happy Christmas. So I'll let them show that they're more ah. Christian than me. And then I'll show that I watch more British television. than them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. So in, In thinking about this episode, I'm going to pitch you an episode right here live on the air. 
because right. another thing that this celebration cannot be is that it cannot be a celebration of the destruction of Sauron because that doesn't happen in the spring. That, if I remember right, is closer to the fall. Yeah, I, I think it has to have something more to do with Morgoth if it's going yeah. to have anything to do with evil forces at all. So then the question then becomes, what would what if they celebrated Oktoberfest in the Shire to celebrate the return to the Shire? We survived everything. So now we have an Oktoberfest celebration. I think it might be a way cooler Oktoberfest than any of us <laughs> have ever thought of. Yeah, it would. Um, yeah, yeah. I just uh, <laughs> listen, listen. We, we've all seen the movies. We know they smoke tobacco. We know they drink. They're partiers. Um, and we know that Mary and Pippin would have some kind of official title during Oktoberfest for just being the best at it. <laughs> yes, they would. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we've we've answered the question more of why. Why are we celebrating Easter or whatever it would be called? It's either because there's a hopeful anticipation of what is to come, or we're just in general celebrating it's springtime. The winter has passed. Josh can get behind a celebration like that. Winter is behind us. Yeah. So what does what does Easter in the Shire then look like? All right. All right. So this is where I thought this was going to be really short. And then I realized there's a lot of thoughts that I have with this. First <laughs> off, and, and I'm going to make a weird... You know, sometimes we try not to be too Christian-y on the show so that those who aren't, like, grown up in church culture can relate better to what we say. Yeah. What I'm going to say is going to have a lot of, like, this is deep into Christian church culture. If you've been there, you know what I'm talking about with this. There seems to always be, and I, I think it's, you know, because we all have to dress up, we have to see the family, all this stuff's going on. Mm -hmm. There's always bickering. There's always stress getting ready for the holiday up until it actually starts the celebration. And I would say, I think that's where, and this is me being too Pentecostal for everybody. That's okay. where the enemy spiritually, I think is trying to get people. If we get them in the bad mood early, they won't be able to celebrate Easter to its fullest. Oh, okay. Interesting. And I would say, I think Morgoth would want to do the same thing. Hmm. You're not going to see him attack during the celebration. I think you might see a Balrog come into the Shire like a week ahead of time, destroy some things that would be pretty distracting for people. Sure. Or or maybe he would have, uh, you know, um, the ARs. How do, how do you say that? What what are they? They're like angels, but they're not Malrog and oh, no, sorry, Morgoth uh, and all them. Yeah. Anyway, I would actually have to look at the word in order to try and pronounce it. It's basically like an avatar. So I'm going to use that word because I can't think of the correct word. I apologize all my huge Middle Earth geeks who are like, you know this. I do know it. I just can't. We do. I just, it's, not, it's just <laughs> not coming to me right now. Anyway, I think he would have a different avatar, assuming Saruman's gone. Um, okay. Saruman and Saruman, because I think they were both sort of his. Anyway, yeah. um, I I would say... You know, maybe he'd have someone declare war on a neighboring country that would distract them in their thoughts. Like maybe mm. he'd have an avatar attack Ukraine or something. I don't know, man. Um, Whoa. Right there in Easter season. It could happen. Whoa, man. Way to get political. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I think I think Morgoth would either attack early directly or he would attack a neighboring town and get political. I think Morgoth is not <laughs> above that. Um 
Interesting. Yeah. Um, and assuming that it, it, it doesn't work because, you know, Eru is definitely more powerful. He is the high god. Uh, I think Easter would still happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, then during the actual celebration, there would be a lot more variety in meats and potato dishes. Uh, being a food guy, I personally think <laughs> I personally think I would like Easter in the Shire way better, primarily because I could more or less prepare a Thanksgiving meal plate, I would assume. Okay. I think instead of just having the Easter tur- the Easter ham, they have the Easter ham, the Easter turkey, the Easter lamb, well, you, you know, etc. One of my few thoughts on what this would look like, you know what they would really have a lot of? First and second breakfast would be loaded. Yeah. Because, you know, breakfast, along with ham, ham is usually like a very popular thing, or Thanksgiving. Now you got me saying it. Ham is usually a very popular Easter meat. I think along with that breakfast is also a very typical Easter, you know, we're going to have a nice big breakfast before church or family is staying over. Let's feed everyone a nice big breakfast. First and second breakfast would be loaded. Yeah. Also, and this is something I think they would do really cool, uh, especially, I mean, think of the, even if you've just seen the, the movies, think of the scene, Bilbo's birthday. The whole town's kind of together celebrating, like, all at once. Not the whole town, the whole shire, whatever you want to call it. They're all celebrating together. So I think there would be a lot of people, a lot of togetherness, which is also what's lending to these greater food variations mm-hmm. that Brandon and I have brought up. Um. Yeah, I think I just ham's just not as good as turkey. I would be oh. eating a Thanksgiving plate if I'm at the Shire during Easter, <laughs> and I would be talking about what I was thankful for. And just you of know, no you one would. would be the wiser that to me it was second Thanksgiving. Was um, second Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, obviously there would be fireworks because yes. Gandalf. Because Gandalf. And and here's where I'm going to go back to your point, and I think this is the highlight, and it'll probably help transition you to talk about what you think would happen. Again, the, like like Brandon said, the what the story of Middle Earth is primarily about is getting back to simpler times, simpler mm-hmm. things. One thing, rather than what we would see, I'd like what we wouldn't see. We wouldn't see kids on their telephones or playing video games. People okay. would be interacting with each other. There'd be a lot more community, a lot more communion with one another. Sure. And a lot more physical activities. I mean, it's springtime. They're going to be enjoying the fact that it's springtime. Sure. They're not going to be cooped up inside. And that's something that, to me, I'm like, that sounds awesome. A good Easter hike would be fantastic. I don't hmm. necessarily think that's what the hobbits would do. But I would certainly enjoy that. Hobbits would be out, though. They would be outside. Yeah, they would be. They might not be doing what I would do outside, but they would be outside. And I think that would be a better use of some of our times. I think we spend too much time inside on Easter. Interesting. So. Would there be. I'm thinking of the children now. So you had the fireworks and that's fun for everybody. Would there be baskets and eggs and all of that stuff? Or do you think there would be some type of like different tradition? I I definitely think there could be baskets. Like I'm still thinking baskets primarily because I could see the older women of the Shire wanting to do something. And their contribution would be kind of woving the baskets themselves. Mm -hmm. They're not going to buy it at Walmart. No, they're not. Baskets would be a lot more unique. Yeah. I also would imagine they'd be a lot bigger. 
Okay. And you know, I don't think they would be loaded with like the plastic toys or even like a lot of candy, but I see them loaded with like pastries. You know what I mean? Like there's nice yeah. cooked breads and like danishes, things like that that are like are in these baskets for children or to hand out to friends and relatives as well, rather than an Easter egg hunt with the little, you know, like chocolate eggs and stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is, uh, is there an Easter bunny? Are I there s- bunnies in the Shire? I mean, n- not in the Shire, but when they're on the road, remember they do have a bunny yeah, that's that right. Smeagol just well, snaps it and eats it. Well, for some reason, I feel like it would be something else. Like, I still think they would have something that was like the symbol of fertility or the symbol okay. of springtime. Maybe That's a duck. True. A duck? Okay. That'd be cool. I don't That'd know. That'd be different. A swan would be cool. I'm trying to think of like, what do you normally, you know, Easter lilies is another popular. I imagine there would be a lot of flowers. That's yeah. I think that might yeah. be what it would be. Yeah. Maybe not necessarily a creature or a small rodent, but I could yeah. see it just like blossoming a lot in the Shire. If you look up um, Washington, D.C. Cherry Blossom Festival, mm-hmm. I feel like you'd see a lot of similar like colors and like. Obviously, they wouldn't be in a city, but when I'm thinking of like the flowering that you're talking about, I'm like, OK, sure. that, that's what I am like. My first picture was that is awesome. also beautiful. If you ever get the chance. People should totally check that out. It's a fun time. I've never been there for Cherry Blossom Festival. You you should. I we'll should all try. meet up there. It'll be the first big SG event. <laughs> Outside of the Capitol. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to come up with some pun. It'll come to me later in the stream. <laughs> We're recording this. Right. Up. <laughs> so, Brandon, break it down for me. Okay. Top to bottom, what does Easter Day look like in the Shire? Easter Day? Well, that's interesting because... Like we said, since this isn't a Jesus-related holiday, and I don't know, at least not to the best of my knowledge, we don't have any churches or gathering places of worship. You know what I'm saying? The, yeah. The I, point I'm getting I, here is that I don't think they go to church or to a gathering place of worship. It may not even take place on a Sunday. It may be on whatever is the technical first day of spring in the Shire. Yeah, or just, you know, the prettiest day of spring. The nicest day. Whatever yeah. day Bilbo yeah. decides. Whatever day he feels like he's the oldest. Well said, we're just waiting for Gandalf to come in town, and uh, when he does, we assume there's a party. I mean, maybe that's how it would work. Like, seriously, maybe when Gandalf shows up, because a wizard is never late, when he shows up, we know, okay, it's time to get ready for the spring festival. And it yeah. probably starts early in the day. Because you got to bake all that stuff. You know, those baskets we were talking about, they got to put the baskets together and bake all of those dishes. Yeah. The Tooks and the Brandy Bucks are getting all together, having their... I'm a, I'm imagining, like, a hearty Irish breakfast. That's Ooh, what I'm yeah. thinking. Like, blood oh, sausage yeah. and... Definitely. Know, all that, like, real heavy breakfast foods. At the homes... You spend it with like your your knit community, the Brandy Books, the Tooks, the Baggins. They're all together in their knit like household communities. And then the big celebration, kind of like what we see at Bilbo's uh, birthday party. 
mm-hmm. in the Fellowship of the Ring, that's going to be a nighttime thing. I can see that as the sun yeah. is going down, the rest of the Shire kind of descends on this one space to watch Gandalf shoot off the fireworks, have the big dinner. There's yeah, beverages for everybody's. What? The one tall guy named Joshua is walking through making a Thanksgiving plate. Oh, who yeah. wants cranberry sauce? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. All right. Here, Here's one. Okay. And I think I'm going to be disappointed by the answer here. Okay. Would they color eggs and hide them? Would that be a part of the festivities? Color eggs and hide them. Because... The not picture gonna... of the Shire with mm-hmm. hidden like Easter eggs and just like those kind of colors is super pretty to me. Okay. Well, but... there's definitely not plastic eggs. Yeah, that's there's... that's for sure. Yeah. So then my concern is they might be unwilling to hide real eggs because they would rot if no one found them. True. That's true. <laughs> I don't I don't see hobbits wasting food. Yeah, it's not happening. That's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen, but man, I wish it would. I think the painting part could happen, though. Again, like another children activity. Yeah, maybe maybe painted eggs are in the baskets. They're not hidden, but, you know, they could be there. Sure. Like you as a family, you paint the eggs and then you put them in baskets to give to other people. So you're giving art to somebody and you're getting someone else's painted egg in oh, return. That's, that's a super cool idea. Yeah. Whenever we move to the Shire, we're going to start that. We're going to start that. This yeah. is the, the silliest, most serious conversation <laughs> I've ever had in my life. <laughs> yeah, somehow it is both. And it I is, think that's fitting for, for the topic. It is. It yeah. is fitting. Is there some type of... Looking at it from the hopeful expectation, do you think there is some type of telling of, you know, like I said, there's probably not like a gathering place for worship, but are we maybe getting together as families in the morning or, you know, the the heads of families there at the dinner party in the evening are sharing stories of what is to come or Bilbo's telling stories of his adventures? You know what I mean? Yeah, I um. This is this is a really odd specific thing. I, I, I first off, I do think they would have story time. Um, okay. When you look at communities that are less, you know, focused around gathering around a TV, typically what happens is there are story times more often where right. there's someone who is an elegant speaker who will tell stories, and I think it would largely have to do with what the future would be like concerning this hopeful, eventually demise of the Morgoth kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and rebirth, there'd be a lot of stories of rebirth because winter ended. We're going into spring. Sure. Um, Ooh, um, on that note, imagine we're celebrating this holiday after the fall of Sauron and you got Gandalf the White. Ooh, the last time they've the, the Gandalf, yeah. the last time they saw him, he was Gandalf the Grey. Yeah. And he's been reborn as Gandalf the White. Yeah, that story is getting told of him and the Balrog. The story mm-hmm. of them dropping the ring into the um, into Mordor. I can't think of the the Mount, actual volcano name. Really, is it Mount, Mount Doom. Mount Doom. Yeah, it's. I, I was gonna say that, and I was like, "That's too. That's too. That can't be it." That's that's the best part of the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I was like, "That's definitely it," but I was like, "It can't be it." <laughs> the best part of the Lord um, of the Rings is all of the names, and then also Mount Doom. <laughs> Oh, man. But yeah, I I think um, that story is going around as well as of the destruction of the ring. 
Okay, here's an idea. And and tell me if this sounds too much like technology to you or if this sounds like it's it's possible. Either at the beginning or end of the day, they kind of have like a, a small hot air balloon kind of situation. Um do you okay. I'm thinking of specifically this is my like my, my least favorite Disney movie, Tangled, when they have the, oh, the little um the, the lanterns that go up into yeah, the sky. Yeah. I'm thinking of something like that, and they have flowers or something on it. To kind of resemble the hope that is going out I really, that they're waiting for. I really like that. I absolutely hate paper lanterns. Have you ever tried to do a page <laughs> paper lantern? We've, um, no. <laughs> we've done it before at our youth group of like, you know, how everyone does that, you know, that symbolic write your thing on a piece of paper and throw it into a fire. You know, we've all done it at church cap before. So we do it sometimes at our youth group, but we have people like write stuff on paper lanterns and let them go. They are the most fickle thing to get going. (laughs) But I do like your idea of like, yeah, these are like very beautifully decorated paper lanterns. And once they all do finally get going, it is really cool to look at with this hopeful expectation. That's interesting. Like you're, you're sending your expectations off. Your hopes are going off into the future type of thing. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, speaking of, of Tangled, this is just a really random, dumb fact. It, it was my least favorite Disney movie. I'm not sure if it's okay. still my least favorite. I, I can't get into it. There's no real specific reason. It's not like it's a bad story. It's a great story. The songs should be good. There's no reason why I don't get into them. I just okay. cannot get into it. Hmm. So when they announced that, that was going to be one of like the eight levels on Kingdom Hearts three, which, you know, Kingdom Hearts is like, right, arguably my largest geekdom that or Doctor Who or, you know, sure. There's a select few that are like the top. I tried so hard to get entangled before the game came out so that when I played that level, I would have some kind of nostalgia because that's why you sure. Kingdom Hearts. Sure. Didn't happen. But then when I played the level, it didn't make me think of Tangled. It was just naturey and it was nice like i love the oh, color scheme and everything and cool. i just i enjoyed the level even though i didn't care about the movie by the way i that's one of my favorite disney movies and on that note segue <laughs> i like how as we keep talking about easter in the shire which i now know what we're going to close out this conversation t- talking about i like how as we've been talking about this going back to our discussion on Easter in the Shire. I like how it keeps coming back to the beauty element of everything is in bloom, the rebirth, the everything is in bloom. We're painting eggs. Still, we have these paper lanterns that have beautiful colors on them. Um, you know, it, everything's alive again. And that's the emphasis here. And I think that's, you know, going, even looking at Christian Easter, that is part of the story as well. We are now born again in Jesus because he has come back to life as well. Yeah, I um, <laughs> man, it's fun. I, I like pushing the bounds and making you or Pastor Will or one of the more theologically adept people have to basically play safeguard for my questions. Um, <laughs> oh, boy, this is fun. I, I want to say this is Romans 1, but Paul's talking about how the, the truth of the gospel are known even in nature. It's mm-hmm. just evident. And I, I my immediate thought is, 
of course there's still Easter. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like there's death and there's life again. Is that true sure. of the gospel seen in the seasons by just seeing that there's death and life again? Is that, am I onto something or am I completely off base? That's interesting. You know, I'm curious because we have the seasons because there's a death and life cycle. So my question would be, is there, is there seasons in a perfect world? Do we have the death and decay of plant life in the Garden of Eden? You know what I mean? So I think. A... Do you want to say something towards that? I was like, uh, I, have, I have I have a thought, actually. OK, Um. well, first off, I would say the positioning of the earth and the sun and all of that, if you know, assuming you're taking Genesis, literally, whatever, whatever you do know, I think all of that had to happen before man sinned, regardless of your view as of creation. Okay. So I think to a certain extent, there has to be seasons, at least the weather part. At least the weather And then part. when I okay. think of how plants die and come back again, this is just a really random thing that I know, and don't ask me why I know this, but trees and stuff actually they produce the same hormone that humans have when we stress out. I think that's cortisol, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, basically all that's happening is they get stressed out. So they're conserving their energy. So they don't die. They just conserve their energy. They're not letting it okay. into the leaves and supporting all these extra stuff, okay. which might be something that we all can learn from. That's all. Yeah, might be right. another topic. I mean, sometimes <laughs> when life's a bit much, sometimes it's okay to conserve your life. Be like and the then, trees. Yeah. Be like yeah. the trees, SG listeners. I think that's Com- what they Comma, we need to do that. an episode. <laughs> comma, we need to do an episode on the Lorax. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, oh. but going back to your question, are we supposed to see some type of imagery of death into life through nature? I think... I think so. That just, that is a reminder of our mortality. It is a reminder of our spiritual life as Christians of, you know, I think you could see it as a typology of things die, but there is a cycle and things come back to life. But as Christians, we understand the further, again, it's pointing forward to something greater, like a typology should. Yeah. And I think it's important to say it's an imagery. It's a typology. It's, it's not saying because there are seasons, the gospel is true. It's not saying that sure. because, you know, if you get into that kind of idea of this is what proves the gospel and this is how we know this is true. Well, then all of a sudden, Florida has a lot less of the gospel than North Carolina, you, you know, and like, okay, that's, yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. okay. <laughs> right. Right. Spring around here is not that long and fall is even <laughs> shorter here in Chicago land. Yeah. Um, fall. Uh, Florida, it's just summer. Winter just kind of makes a guest appearance occasionally, but I've definitely <laughs> been to Orlando in January and it's been 80. So gross. gross. I love it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. I'm like oh, 75. Man. I'm like 50 to 75. That's that's my range. I, I, I don't like it a little ever chill. want it to get lower than 70 ever. Oh, <laughs> all right. It's something I've learned to live with. But going back, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's part of the um, general revelation of God's glory is in nature, nature, and we see that as a typology of being born again. What's this holiday called? 
Mm. Ooh, I love the long pause of neither one of us. I got talking. it. That's great. For I got Amazon. it. Perfect. Perfect name for this holiday. So what's happening is that life's coming back. They're all thankful for it. They're going to call it Thanksgiving. Oh, jeez. Why did I not see that coming? <laughs> <laughs> there was this half a second. I was like, oh, maybe he knows something. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Why they have not? Thanksgivings. <laughs> Hobbits would. Hobbits would uh, have yeah. multiple Thanksgivings. Yeah, this is first Thanksgiving. Second Thanksgiving <laughs> in the fall. Thanks- they have one for every season. Yeah. They're thankful it's the summertime <laughs> when the days are longer. They're thankful at Thanksgiving because the heartier foods are coming out. They're thankful at Christmas because I'm Father Christmas probably still shows up. Um, I mean, there's probably less work to do in the fields during winter. They're thankful for that. Less work. Oh, that's true. It would yeah. be like we're thankful we can sit around even more. Yeah. Smoke our tobacco pipes. Yeah. You know, Father Christmas might actually not show up because part of the one of Tolkien's critiques of Narnia was that it had too many different mythologies blended together. So he might not be for throwing Father Christmas in Middle Earth. I don't know. Just a thought. I I also feel like that's a um really valid critique. Yeah. Of Narnia. <laughs> yeah. But that's uh that's for another time. That's for Joe that's, to figure out. Yeah, yeah, that's for when Joe and I debate whether the Space Trilogy or the Narnia is the better C.S. Lewis fiction series. That, that's a Patreon episode coming up in... I think it's in the Oh, summer. well, that's yeah. cool. Any oh. final thoughts on Shire Easter? Shire Thanksgiving number one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Thanksgiving one. Um, I here's here's my 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 thought and this is is both a critique of our easter as well as a celebration of their thanksgiving um okay i here and this is this i think this is like stereotypical you know easter in america amongst middle class you know the majority of u.s americans um you wake up in the morning you have breakfast you go to church because you have to you come back, everybody's cooking, the kids are playing on video games or whatever. You have your meal. Kids immediately, as soon as they get their candy and stuff, they eat the candy, go back to their games. That That's... You're doing the things because you feel like you have to. You have fun at the meal. You, have, you go to church and everybody feels good about it because you're supposed to do that. And it's a lot of... Half of it is you're doing stuff because you have to, and a lot of it is just, let's get this part done that we like... So we could do the next thing that we like. And it's very, let's just go from here to here to here to here. Okay. A lot more focus on what each individual finds pleasure in, whether that be, you know, the fee- the, mo- the meal, the food, cooking, playing video games, whatever. I feel like for everyone, it's a lot more about the person. Whereas in the okay. Shire, I feel like it's a lot more about the community. The joy comes that we are together doing these things, together celebrating mm-hmm future hope together celebrating beauty all of that stuff and okay there's something of that that it's hard to get back to when we have so much technology in our face all the time obviously i'm not anti-technology but i do think tolkien had a point that we allow it to take away from real life too much i i actually really agree with him but the problem is we're too far gone at this point well you know what I'm optimistic. 
I have a future hope. I make little oh, paper lanterns and send them. <laughs> Woo! I don't, I don't, but you know, I could. They're really difficult, so I would I would recommend a different <laughs> hobby. Oh, you know what? You know what else? One land r- last random thing. I believe that in the Shire, they would have chalk, and there would be a lot of chalk drawings on the sidewalks and pave. If they have actual, like, pavement so they anywhere. Pavement, do they? I don't remember. But, you know, there would be something either. like that. Something for the children yeah. to do outside to run around and play. Maybe it's just and a giant game colors. of tag. Add more colors. Yes. They but I do agree. Something. Yeah. I agree with you, though, on what you were saying there, that maybe there is something to what Tolkien is saying here of getting back to the simpler things and enjoying life as it is without the device in front of your face. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to I'm trying to be careful here. I don't think it's fair to say it's sinful or wrong or anything like that. If your family is one that's just going to gather around the TV, play video games, whatever. I don't think that's necessarily wrong. What I'm trying okay. to actually say is that there was a better way. And what that better way is, and hey, maybe society's too far gone. But you, you listening, your family's not too far gone. You can just decide. We can just decide, Brandon. Mm-hmm. that you know as for me in my house kind of deal okay let's put the technology away let's be more about each other this one day or okay. you know four days thanksgiving each season i like that idea <laughs> yeah well you know and even at that uh you know giving a little bit of permission for the technology there are such things as mario kart and mario party and like fun family video games that you can play so if your family is like a gaming family you can do there are games for the family to come together and still fellowship hang out community whatever word you want to use there together you know what i mean so but yeah i think the tone of holidays need to in general whether it's first second third or fourth thanksgiving the the tone <laughs> of holidays needs to be more of togetherness and less of what we see typically on a daily basis of individualism yeah yeah and and yeah if your family is one that's going to be about hey where whoever whatever role you play in your family you want to make sure every other person is getting the most out of the holiday I am not saying that you're wrong in doing that. I'm just saying I think it might be a better way if we all learn to make the primary enjoyment of the holiday each other. I like that. Now, I think we've had a really good blended conversation of geeky stuff and theology and ethics and philosophy. So before we start wrapping the show up, Josh, I'm curious. This is kind of a hybrid thanks or Thanksgiving. Yes. Easter, <laughs> Easter episode. If y'all didn't know, I have an agenda, and that is to push <laughs> Thanksgiving up onto everyone. This is kind of a hybrid Easter-themed episode. So very briefly, before we start wrapping things up, what's a typical Easter tradition in your household? Just curious. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think. I... We, every other year, we go to my dad's side of the family, and then every other year, we would go to my mom's side of the family growing up. Okay. Okay. So, traditions were kind of different from one group to the other. Recently, we've started staying more at my parents' house. Mm. And last year, I think this is going to become a tradition. Um, 
because of things. We were at my parents' house. My grandma came, and my wife and I went out, and we got just a ridiculous Easter egg coloring and sticker set, and we brought it over, and we made my parents and my grandmother color Easter eggs. (laughs) That's fun. We're like, you know what? We know this is for kids, but we're we're all doing this. That's fun. We just kind of decided for everyone. (laughs) What about you? Uh, Growing up, so my grandparents live on a lot of land. And growing up as kids, and even as a very old teenager, admittedly, uh, my grandparents would cover their huge yard with Easter eggs. And <laughs> they would they would get creative. Like, there were camouflage eggs. There were these little tiny oh, eggs that were, like, specific for me and my, uh, like, for me to look for. I was supposed to look for these little tiny eggs. And... Now that, you know, my youngest brother is 18 now, so we don't really do the Easter egg hunt as much. My cousins are all in high school now. So, but with my son on the way, I'm just really excited that hopefully, I know they will, but hopefully great grandma and great grandpa will pull the <laughs> Easter eggs back out as Cooper gets older and let him go looking for Easter eggs. I'm really hoping oh, yeah. for that. Yeah, absolutely will. Can I do one last story? This is not yeah, a sure. tradition. This is just okay. something that I think you'll enjoy, and maybe our listeners will enjoy this as well. Send us home. I guess three years ago now, um, we just went to my best friend's wedding, and my current wife, my girlfriend at the time, was really excited about the idea, and she kind of wanted me to propose, and she kind of threw a bunch of hints out there, and I knew that. Me being the smart aleck that I am. Oh, dang. <laughs> I just thought, you know, it'd be funny if I just psyched her out a few times. Oh, Josh, so you're not that guy. Of, <laughs> I had a bunch of Easter eggs with ring pops in them. Oh, you jerk. Because I thought this would be hilarious. And then she's looking, thinking one of these has to have a ring in it. And I'm like, oh, man, I messed up. Oh, no. Now, mind you, I did propose like a week or two after that. Okay. But, and I actually I had like three or four different psych out events I was going to do. And then after this one, I realized this is not okay. So that was the only one that I actually did. And on that note, let's start wrapping this show up. (laughs) I do still get her ring pops almost every holiday, though. So I guess that's a tradition. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, she doesn't like ring pops, really, though. (laughs) But she gets them anyway. Purely for your enjoyment. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Great. I think she she enjoys the fact that she gets them. She's just not going to eat them. So, is there anything you would like to recommend to our audience today, other than giving people ring pops? Yeah, 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 and celebrating Thanksgiving four times a year. Um, All, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is this is more serious than my usual recommendations on this show, but I recently discovered it is Bower Lodge Poems by Paul Pastor. Um, okay, it definitely can be read year round. Uh, really good poems. You can get it on um, Kindle. So, you know, it's not super difficult. Um, When I was going through the reading, like, you know how it's like a sample on Amazon? Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to pull this up so I can read it to you. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, when I was going through it, it's um, what's really interesting is the poems are both basically broken up into three parts. So there's okay. the Good Friday poems the Holy Saturday poems, and then Easter Sunday poems. 
Oh, interesting. If you didn't know it was split up that way, you would still read this like every day. You could just read a poem and it would be fine. Like they're not explicitly Christian, but they are Christian, if that makes sense. Okay. Anyway, so when I was reading through the sample readings, um, this is what sold me. This this line is where I was like, yeah, I got to get this Um, from Creek. The cheers of ribald frogs who also have their profits. And I found that one line so intriguing that I had to get this and I did not regret it. So, cool. yeah, text that's me, my text me that it's good stuff. Yeah. Text me the, the name of that book. I'll have to look into that. I like that it's a lot. Great, actually. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, on my end, also a little bit a little bit more serious. Each month this year, I've been doing a different theme for what I watch on my own. And this month I'm doing all documentary shows and films. And yeah. I just watched, I just finished a show called, of it's called Myths and Monsters. And every episode, they talk about different, how we get different, how we ended up getting different themes in legendary tales that we still see today. So, like, the first episode is on the hero's journey and how the hero's journey works and how we see that still to this day. One episode is on wilderness and why wilderness yeah. is depicted as, like, a... A powerful unnatural force that we can't contain there's an episode on love there's an episode on... it's really fascinating it's pretty simple it's not like the best documentary i've ever watched but it's pretty good i would it's on netflix for all you huh. netflix watchers so myths and monsters nice i do love a good documentary so. yeah and it was like 10 episodes 40 minutes each episode so not too bad nice Josh, where can people find you if they want to catch more of your work? Uh, yeah, wherever you're listening now, look up the Whole Church Podcast. You will find it's a podcast about church unity that um, I do with another one of our co-hosts, TJ Tiberius, Juan Blackwell. Um, he is a much better host than I, so you will probably enjoy it more because he is there. Yeah. And you should check out the Whole Church website and read the bios. Just going to leave it at that. <laughs> Specifically TJ's. Made me laugh. And you can find me, Brandon Knight, on my own podcast, My Seminary Life, where I talk about the stuff I'm studying in grad school right now. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at My Seminary Life Pod. You can find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can go to systematicgeekology.org, go to hosts, and you can find all of our different shows and all the episodes we have been on you can reach out to us let us know what you've been geeking out on and what you would like us to geek out on or cover on patreon or cover here on the show whatever you prefer use it there's a merch store it's a lot of fun (laughs) josh works really hard on the website go look at the website yeah (laughs) yeah just just yeah (laughs) yeah that's it Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Make sure that you are engaging on all of the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, the Facebook group, Instagram. Check out the website. Check out Patreon. There's so many different ways that you can geek out with us. And remember, we are all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. You know, one thing that that I... Is slightly sad when I'm on an episode for me. What's that? You guys all get to do that thing where you're like, hey, Josh, add this sound effect here. I can't do that. You know, it's not funny when I do it.
Hey, me, <laughs> add this sound effect. <laughs> yeah. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.